What's up, everyone? We're back, FBU Nation. Today, we're going to be covering five reasons why gym owners struggle. It's Coach A.B., Anthony Bevilacqua, alongside Vince Gabriel himself. We're coming hot, hot off of our mastermind weekend. It was a great, great weekend uh, between learning everything about business, what we can do to improve, and then doing some line dancing at your house afterwards. But it was a fun weekend. What was your thoughts on it, man? How, uh, how how was it? Did you have fun? I mean, I don't think anybody ever asked you if you had fun. I had a great time. And uh, these these events are just, it, it's funny, it was our first live event in 16 months. So it was like a long time. There's a lot of people in the group I'd never even met in person before. So it was, it was great to meet everybody. But I think that uh, based on the uh, text that I've been getting over the, over the past few days, the big thing that I'm I'm seeing and I and I wrote an email about this this morning. The big thing I'm seeing is that when you kind of submerge yourself around other people that are like-minded, that are successful, you tend to kind of get into this point where it's like, all right, I'm gonna just stop all the nonsense and get going. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they, they, they sent me texts and they said things like, hey, uh, I, I just promoted my, my, one of my trainers to a head trainer. Hey, I just you know, did away with you know, 14 of my training hours. Hey, I left the gym at 5.30 today and for the first time. And like, these are all texts that are happening this week. And it was all based on decisions they made. Not that I told them what to do, right? But they got the confidence that from the, the weekend to make decisions, to be decisive. And I think that that's, that's one of the most important things that I see in, in a live event, whether it's a seminar, whether it's a mastermind, whatever, is you get yourself out of your normal environment into a different one. And then all of a sudden you almost like, you know, become someone different while you're there. And you see things from a different light and different perspective. And then you go forward and make the decisions you need to make. But I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it was a very successful weekend. We, were, we had a great time. We had a very large percentage of the group was there, which is pretty commendable in, in these times. So it was great. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, I think the main thing with, with any event that you go to is always like kind of like the after party. If there's an after party or an after thing, you need to go to that because that's where you really find out not more information because you get a lot of at the mastermind itself, but that's like really where you develop relationships. That's really when you kind of find out the ins and outs of what people are doing to be successful. And I think that that is super valuable because again, mine, for me anyway, everyone around me is kind of like very, very, I don't want to say, I don't want to like insult people, but it's like very like small minded. Like I go to work, I, I look for the weekends, you know, they kind of don't have that same image that I have or where I want to go. So it's nice to be like, in a place where everybody around you is kind of wants to go in the same direction that you want to go in. And it's nice to kind of know that you're not the only crazy one or not. Sometimes it's even nice to know like, Hey, everybody deals with crazy members too. It's not just me. Cause sometimes you kind of fall into that like rat race where it's like, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> is anyone else going through this? And it's yeah. nice to always like, just kind of hear that from other people. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little more today, but no, I, I had, I had, we had a blast. We covered a lot of ground in, in the two days that we were there. And uh, we had a really cool skit that we did on the voices inside your head, the AB that you were actually a part of, uh, which was really cool. And the voices came, look, I read many years ago. Well, actually not, it's actually the newest version. So it's not many years ago, but the guy named John Carlton wrote a book 
called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. And in the book, he outlines four different voices in your head. And we did a little skit based on those four voices. So I always want to you know, give credit to where credit is due is those were not my characters or voices. That's something I learned from John Carlton, who's just a, in, you know, one of the top guys in this business, you know, ever. So, but it was, it was great. So we, we, we covered mindset, we covered business, we covered marketing, we covered money-making, we covered it all. And we, uh, hopefully everyone left the, uh, left the room with lots of, of clarity going forward. Yeah. So I know we have the next one planned out. If you're listening to this, you got to get on the next one. Do we have a date? Uh, we do. I think it's the November, the Friday, the second week in November. So I think it's like the 13th, 14th or 12th, 13th. I think 12th, 13th is the, uh, and we'll do it in New Jersey again. Absolutely. So yeah. So be on the lookout for that guys. But Vince, let's get rolling into this today. So five reasons why gym owners struggle. And I mean, and there's a lot of reasons on here, but these five are very, very important. So Number one is they don't know what they want. Yep. I went over this at Mastermind and I actually have uh, 10, 10 reasons why gym owners really struggle. I went over that, but we'll give the first five today. And, and the title is uh, five reasons why gym owners really struggle, right? And I think really is a important word in the topic and the title of this podcast. It's not just why they struggle, it's why they really really struggle. So number one is don't know what they want. I've said this before many times on this podcast, and I'm quoting my good friend uh, and mentor, Tom Plummer, who I've said this many times, but uh, he said to me years ago, if you don't know what you want, no one can help you. If you don't know what you want, no one can help you. And when I talk about the different principles that we teach in the mastermind, one of them is having a, a clear vision. And I happen to believe that there's COVID-19 did some damage to people and not knowing what they want. And here's kind of what I mean by this. I believe that COVID-19 gave people an excuse to either rethink their vision or to just not think about their vision at all. Because it was a period of time where like you couldn't think about vision, like you just you couldn't think about you had no idea what was going to happen tomorrow, let alone what they want their business to look like five years from today. And I think it it kind of served its purpose in terms of it got people to buckle down and focus on the moment and focus on today. But I think what happened was it allowed people to hide from the question. It allowed people to hide from what do I really want? And I think some people have come out of COVID and have not thought that. I think because people come out of COVID and we're not out of COVID, obviously, by any means at this point right now, but there's enough writing on the wall right now to look that we're going to get past this that uh, I think as, <laughs> as, as I just get, as I get on a phone yesterday with a gym owner that, you know, he's got seven trainers, they have COVID. You know, so it's like, it's such a, it's such a crazy, crazy period. But I think COVID allowed and gave the excuse of not to worry about the future is to worry about today. And there's partly right. And then, but the problem is if you never, ever come out of that, you're just going to be like a ship without a rudder. So I think that there is right, there's, right now at this point, right now, people in gym owners need to be sitting down and really thinking about what they do want. Do they want to continue to own a gym? Do I want to pivot? Do we want to pivot virtually, which I think is so silly and stupid, 
personally, but you know, because you're here's the thing: you're a gym owner. <laughs> yep. right? I'm not to say that. That's not to say that some gym owners that pivoted online have not become successful. I know that they have, and other, but I think that the the amount of people and even the amount of trainers leaving to go become an online trainer, yeah. I, I think some of these people are in for a, a, a rude awakening after when they realize that no one wants to train with a forty a fourteen pound dumbbell in their freaking living room anymore. They just don't want to do it, right? And I, and, I, and I think people don't realize that. But that is the number one, one reason why I think people are struggling right now, especially, is they're just they're in this kind of limbo period where they allowed COVID to, to give them the excuse of not knowing where they want to be. And then now they just haven't done the work. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure what you want, you're not sure where you want your business to be in, and, and again, one year, whatever, one year, three years, five years. I mean, we teach a, a one year, a three year and a five year. Right. There's a one year. It's a short term. There's a three year. It's a midterm term and a five years or more of a longer term. Uh, that could be 10 years, whatever it is for you. But uh, one of the reasons why gym owners really struggle is they just don't know what they want and they're not willing to take the time to sit down and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I really love about like just in general being in business, I think it is important to, to and what kind of COVID I've taught us, I think it is important to kind of be in the moment sometimes. But I think you have to be in the moment moving towards something. With COVID, we were in the moment, but we didn't know what the, the what we were going towards was survival. So I think now, like you said, like it's kind of whatever done, whatever you want to call it. But I think, like you said, you have to be able to live in the moment, but work towards something. And I think that sometimes we don't have that thing to work toward, or it's like so distant in the future. Like oh, I, I want to have an empire. You know, some people like they, that was kind of one of the things that I said. Uh, for the four personalities was like, you know, having your name written across the town in lights. Like, what does that even mean? It's not a specific goal. So I think, you know, knowing what you want is really important, but I also think living in the moment is good too. I think that there's definitely a catch there, but you got to be working towards something. For sure. And number two is underdeveloped business skills. And I, this is, so I feel like gym owners struggle because they get stuck. There's a lot of gym owners that, that come out and they do good in the beginning and they get to like this hundred member mark, right? And they, they come out of the gate hard and maybe they had a good location. Maybe they had built a good reputation in the area and they get to this point where they have a semblance of success. And I think what happens is, um, and I, I wrote a book called The Four Stages of Business, uh, Four Stages of Fitness Business Success, which talks about the four different stages that gym owners go to, go through. And what I see is they, a lot of these gym owners get stuck at around halfway point between stage one and stage two. They're not fully stage two. From a revenue perspective, uh, the average, according to, I believe, Association of Fitness Studios was around like 300K a year, right? So if a gym's doing 300K a year in, in gross and they don't have uh, Anthony Bevilacqua margins, right? They got normal margins at which are solid at 20 to 30 percent it's still not like something that you know it, it it's it's it might be a decent chunk of, of change uh for some but it's going to be hard to you know put kids through college and do all that stuff but so I, I think that what happens is they get stuck and the thing that gets them stuck is the failure to learn the new skills they need so what happens when you get to a critical mass of customers and you no longer can train everybody? Well, you got to hire people. Well, you got to manage people. You got to lead people. You got to develop systems. 
right? And there's, you got to market and you got to build a system for marketing. You have to become better at sales, right? So there's all these business skills that need to be developed that your business can survive totally fine without these skills in that first stage. And I think when gym owners get stuck and they struggle is that that movement from stage one to stage two is the thing standing in the way is business skills, right? Is not, and sometimes it's the mindset or the psychology not to be able to learn the business skills, right? So I could go back to that. But that that's really what I see is another reason why gym owners really struggle is underdeveloped business skills, the failure to learn the things they need to do to be successful when they're not the show when they're not everything in their business and they're these are the gym owners that if you pulled themselves out of the business man that thing would really struggle really struggle like to the point where it's like you know after a few weeks this thing would just like slowly start to implode and that's how you know right and when you develop these business skills you start to do things like remove yourself from the business and you can go longer and longer and longer without having to push it um, down the field. So uh, that, that's number two, AB, by uh, underdeveloped business skills. Well, well I, would, I have a question for you, Vince. I mean, you're obviously um, way more advanced than those different levels that you have given us. But what was the hardest skill for you to learn? Like which one gave you the most trouble? I, I had a natural tendency to be good with people like with leadership and hiring. So naturally that, that came very easy for me, which is rare in my case and which may be why this other skill was harder to learn. But I would say the marketing, because at first, when I first got into it, I wasn't as interested in it. And there was a question that was asked, uh, we, were, we were doing some delegation uh, work and I told them to you know list all the things that they don't like to do and they're not that good at and to delegate them. And one of the guys asked a question and he said, um, hey, what, what if I know if I don't like this and I'm not good at it, but I know for my business sake that I need to get better at it, how would you go about that? And that is basically just, you don't usually like something when you suck at it. So the goal is that you have to understand the value of it and then get better at it by training yourself to get better. And then all of a sudden, once you get good at something, you actually tend to like it. So like I, for a long time, didn't like marketing because I sucked at it. And then once I started studying it and learning it and pushing myself to get better at it and studying it every day and reading about it every day and doing it every day, I started to like it to the point where now, like, I love it. Like it's almost all I do is marketing. Right. And so that, I think that's, that's an important point to understand that you, there are certain things that you need to get rid of, but then there are certain things that you have to skills that you got to develop and the better you'll get at them, the most likely, the more you'll like them. Yeah. I, th I think Mark, I don't think anybody, I mean, I guess there are certain people in this world, but I think marketing is just one of those things you have to learn no matter what. Yep. I don't think anyone's born knowing how to market. I mean, I guess maybe correctly. Yeah, it's definitely a skill. And the two skills I, I look at, that I try um, personally uh, to hone all the time is leadership and marketing, leadership and marketing, leadership and marketing. If I can become a great leader and great marketer, I'm going to be like totally fine in my life. And the same thing goes for another business owner out there. If you could be a great leader and a good marketer, man, you're good.
But that also would mean that you'd be a good salesperson as well, because you have to sell your leadership ability to everybody. So I guess all three of those kind of encompass the same thing. True. But it is e- a lot easier to find a good salesman than a good marketer. Right. But I'm saying you have to be good at sales to sell yourself. As the you, leader you, or... you sleazy, slimy sales guys are a dime a dozen. You and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So number three, how they spend their time. This is a good one. This is oh, a real man. good one. Yeah. And, and this is like, you know, one of my biggest lessons. And the, and the question I always ask people, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the actual question, um, but what are the, the, the best and highest value activities um, that you could perform in your business, right? And, and then how do you get your business to be structured so you can only spend time on doing those things? Right. I've talked a lot about this on other podcasts and stuff like that, but I really do believe it's there. There are certain uh, you you as the business owner have some kind of a, a scope of genius. And the, the, the key is kind of matching up your scope of genius with the skills that are going to bring your business the highest return in value. And, you know, look, look no further than than just very simply looking at. I'll use 10, 20, 30, and 40, just as an example here, right? $10 an hour work is admin work. $20 an hour work is training work. $30 admin work is uh, $30 an hour work is sales and $40 an hour work is marketing. I'm just totally spitballing that, right? right? Just, but just for use for you to get a visual of it, right? And you have a decision every day to show up and I guess $50 an hour work would be leadership, right? You have a decision every day to show up and either do 10, 20, 30, 40, or $50 an hour work, which is where do you want to spend your time doing? And yeah, yeah the, the highest value activities. So, so, and knowing that you, when you spent three hours doing $10 an hour work, that means you didn't spend three hours doing $50 an hour work. Because I promise you this, no one's doing the $50 an hour work. You can easily get someone to do the 10. And I think that this is the one of the biggest things I feel like they, uh, gym owners, they have this, I'll do it myself mentality. They have this, I can get this done. It's going to take me, I've heard this before. It's going to take me longer to explain to somebody how to do it than it is for me to just go do it myself. That is just a loser, losing mentality. I also think too, Vince, if I can interject and kind of say something, why that kind of happens, I'm guilty of this as well, as I'm sure as you were at one point as well. It's guilt. There's guilt involved in that. Guilt involved in like, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean guilty? You shouldn't be guilty to do $50 an hour test. But sometimes, you know, like you mentioned, someone texted you and said, Hey, I left the gym the first time five 30. There's guilt associated with walking out the door at five 30. There's guilt, you know, like, Oh, I should be here. This is my place. What if people get mad that I'm not here and people are looking for me. And you know, that guilt is a real thing. I, I, it, let me squash this, it, it, you know, like an ant. Okay. So here's the reality. Um, first of all, Paul Goff, one of my mentors taught me that uh, you'll never be free if you have guilt. Mm-hmm. So if you want a personal freedom, get rid of your guilt. Step one, hard stop. Well, how would you get rid of it? What do you mean? Get rid of it? Like what? Like, what does that mean? How do you just get rid of guilt? Squash it like an ant. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's like, don't allow it in your life. 
like don't allow guilt in your life. You you, you obviously can say um, this is um, um, having feelings of guilt right now. And I think what you need to connect is guilt equals no freedom. If you value freedom, you don't value guilt. What's more important, guilt or freedom? Freedom. You choose, you know, make that decision. Um, so I was on the phone with a gym owner the other day and he basically said he was having problems with trainers and, you know, he ended up letting some of the trainers go, but he said, one of the trainers said to him, it's like, I don't think it's fair that, you know, we're here working at 5 a.m. and you only have sessions from 10 to 4. And like that trainer that said that one is not a cultural fit, but two, here's the reality what does the owner take on that no one else takes risk. on risk pressure problems covid right where when all of the trainers were just doing their sessions and doing them from home and doing their living room you know what was the owner doing the owner was not sleeping at night to make sure that the business survived that is a currency your decision to be a business owner, okay, there are things that you do and things that you get that other people don't because you're willing to take on that risk. And I don't think, I think some owners forget that. They forget that that, that, that that is a currency and then they feel guilty about not training sessions anymore. And that the, 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 the worst, the worst thing to do is, is have guilt about that because what, Honestly, what a business really needs is an owner that's focused on growth, an owner that's focused on expansion, an an owner that's focused, right, on not being tied up in the day-to-day all the time because when you're tied up in the day-to-day all the time, you can't make the right decisions for the business. So a trainer that works for a company shouldn't want the owner there all the time. Right. And I, I, I learned this, you know, I'm, and I'm grateful that I learned this, but I learned this, you know, I read the E-Myth early on in my career and I stepped out of, of the training a lot earlier than most did. Um, and I, I, I explained it to my staff. I explained it to my team. It's like, this is why I'm not here. This is why I'm not no longer training. This is what I'm doing. And I think some gym owners need to be clearer with their staff on what they're doing. And when there's that clarity and that good communication, they understand more. So then there's also less guilt on, on their end, but I never had guilt about not training because I just knew that that was the right decision for me. Now I I would say that I didn't have guilt, but I, I did have this, um, uh, this challenge of not knowing what to do with my time, which is like another scenario here. I knew I wasn't supposed to be training and I didn't have guilt about it. But then I would sit in the office and pull my hair out and be like, I don't know what the hell to do because all I know is training, <laughs> right? And that's when you go out and you learn new business skills as we just talked about on, on the previous one. So that's a long-winded answer, but you squash guilt by understanding and realizing that if you have guilt, you're not, you're not free. And if you want personal freedom, you need, to, you need to get rid of the guilt. Yep. All right, number four, too cool. Heard this before. You heard this before. I am the total opposite of this. I have probably gotten on every single call that Vince has put out in yeah. the three years that I've been with you. And I probably ha- can do those calls by myself <laughs> at this point because I already know what Vince is going to say. But like, <laughs> the cool thing is 
by doing that, and this is where it is too cool, is sometimes I talk to my staff. Sometimes I talk to friends. Sometimes I talk to my wife. Sometimes I talk to clients. And I'm like, that's exactly what Vince would say. That's what Vince would say. Like, I find myself saying the things that you would say. So I think hearing stuff multiple times is way better because every time you hear it, you're in a different place. You know, like uh, every time I listen to, you know, like, for example, I do the surge every time it comes out. Every year that I do it with you, I'm at a different stage in my business, but I learned something else. So I think that, you know, at this moment in time, you know, maybe you heard something for the first time and you're like, okay, you took one thing away from it. But if you go back and listen to that same thing or do that same thing a year from now, you're going to take something else because you've evolved as a person. So I totally, I mean, I agree with this one that this is a reason why gym owners really struggle, but I disagree that you should, you should try to listen to things more frequently and uh, get more out of them instead of just quality over quantity. <laughs> the, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, the, the you know, you're, I'm sure people listening to this have had clients say this. You like, you call them to get back into the gym or you sit down with them and be like, hey, you know what? You know, I, I think that I'm going to go, you know, lose 20 pounds before I come back to the gym. Which doesn't make any sense. Like it really doesn't. Like, like it doesn't make any sense. Like it's just like, no, this is what we do. We help you lose the twenty pounds. Like, why would you like? So that, that, but, but, but it, it's kind of like you know, um, Jim Quick has a line: um, if you want to learn, forget what you already know. And I thought that was a really cool line. I mean, Jim Quick is a guy that I follow. He's got some really good stuff out. But if you want to really learn, if you want to really get grow and, 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 and make progress, forget what you already know, because what you already know is probably standing in the way mm-hmm. um, we do for CEO mastermind. And I have this line and I, this was taught to me by a guy I mentioned earlier, Paul Gott. Um, the CEO mastermind asks a series of about there's a bunch of questions in there and the questions never change. Only the answers do. The questions don't change, only the answers do. Because as you progress in business, your stuff is going to change. And I, I, I have said things, I mean, how many times, A.B., have I said the number one chokehold on a business is the psychology of the owner? Oh, and then, uh, like, yeah, I've heard that before. Like, I mean, you know, thousands and thousands of times. But then when you get on the phone with somebody and they're having a meltdown and you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah the chokehold is, is you right now. And they're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, so I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are struggling because they're trying to go at this alone. They have this, Oh, well, masterminds and this and that, Oh, well, business coaches, they're just, you know, they're all, you know, sharks and they're just trying to get your money. And I think that attitude, what happens is you do, you end up doing nothing Right. And you, 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 you stop reading books, you stop listening to podcasts and you end up doing nothing. And then you slowly start finding yourself like right where you were before or worse um, in, in, in a lesser situation than where you are because you have this this mindset of, oh, yeah, well, there's nothing new. I've heard that before. Um, man, I think that that is uh, number four is a big one. Uh, and I think that's it's one of the biggest reasons why you need to surround yourself with groups of people that are doing what you're doing so you can be reminded of what you already know. 
it's not that you need to learn new things. It's just that you need to be reminded. So I, I opened the mastermind with, you know, that I am your chief reminding officer. That's my job at the mastermind is to become that chief reminding officer. And I mean, there's, there's million dollar gym owners sitting in those seats that have been hearing the same things for four years yep. because they know that most of the time they need to be reminded before they learn something new. Right. So I'm all for that. Read things as much as you can. I mean, I, I think it's, um, what's the, everybody talks about this when they read Think and Grow Rich and they read everybody like I've, hear, I've heard so many people on different podcasts talk about how they read their book every year because they're in a different place every year and they get something new from yeah. it. So same yeah. thing. So you got to do the same thing, guys. All right. Number five. Go ahead. Number man. five is, is no second voice in their conversations. And it's probably similar to number four, but uh, no second voice in the conversation means they don't talk to anyone about their business. They keep it all inside their head. And I use the analogy of your brain is like a vacuum cleaner. And if you just continually suck stuff up, suck information up, you suck things that happen up, you suck events up, and you never actually let anything out, that vacuum bag is going to get really full. And it's not going to work nearly as well. Your brain's not designed to be a storage device. It's designed to think, grow, make good decisions. And I think when you don't have an outlet, when you don't have someone that's a, a peer or a colleague that you can get on the phone with, like I always talk about my good friend, Brent Gallagher, where he, he's a colleague, he's a second voice in my conversations. When I'm making decisions with GFP, when I'm making decisions in life, you know, I'll call people like Brent, I'll call people like Joe Hashi, you know, that I talk to, to have that second voice. I'll also talk to business coaches that I have. Uh, I, I think it's crucial. I'll also talk to my therapist, you know, about things, right? So, the, so I think having that second voice in your conversations is crucial. And here's what happens if you don't have a second voice, who's the, it's only yourself with your own thoughts. And then all of a sudden that stuff just gets ping-ponging around in your head. And when you all your things are ping-ponging around in your head, most people aren't good decision makers. Most people are not decisive. And when you let things swirl around in your head, you're going to be much longer to take decisions and your angst and stress is going to be a lot higher because you're not, there's no outlet and there's no second voice and there's no second um, um, ideas. Not that you, you should rely on other people to make your decisions for you, but man, to have another person to speak to about, you know, the things that are going on with your business. And if you took that away from me, man, that, that, would, that would make me struggle like crazy. So uh, I think that having that second voice, whether it's a peer, a colleague uh, that you met at a, at a business group or a mastermind group or something, uh, whether it's another business owner in your area that has maybe a different business, whether that's a business coach that you have or, or whatever it is, you need a second voice in a conversation. Most, most times this is not found inside your business. Most times that voice is not found inside your business. Most times it's not found in your home. Most times. Sometimes it is, right? Sometimes it is. But most times it's not found in the home or inside your business. Most times the second voice that you need is outside of your business. It's someone that doesn't, doesn't work on, with you on the day-to-day. -day. And when people can get that second voice in their conversations, they're going to stop struggling. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, right before we recorded this, you were my therapist for five minutes <laughs> and you help me all the time through. This is why I value you as a person, why I value our relationship, why 
I will forever be a person of a, a student of Vince Gabriel because you're always that person for me. And I don't, I don't have anyone else in my life who was successful at anything, who, who excelled or, you know, I just look at, you are who you're surrounding yourself with. And the simple fact that it matters just getting on the phone and talking to you, even for 10, 15 minutes always gives me clarity because it's always a different level of thinking, you know, and, uh, and giving you the advice, like you said, that you said it perfectly, you know, the, the idea kind of ping pongs in your head. And it's so true because you're at the moment in time, you're struggling with whatever you're struggling and you're like, okay, what if I do this? What if I do that? What if I do this? And it's like, you know, you kind of need someone to kind of bring you back to center. So, so you can make a better decision. Like the conversation we had right before this, you know, I was struggling with something and you're like, well, what does the data say? And just like, just shifting your mindset to thinking of things like from a perspective of like, okay, so it's just the data and then kind of go from there. And it makes everything a lot more clear when you have somebody, like he said, that second voice and uh, you know, like I, I'll, it, sing you, I'll sing your praises all the time, man. Everybody. Well, no, but, but I think an important point there is, and, and there's, I'm not going to say the word you said, but you were talking to me about this specific situation and you said one, one word that you just said, and you didn't even think about it. Yeah. And yeah. that word to me lit up like a Christmas tree. And I, I, that's the only thing I thought about was the word, that one word that you used, which was the reason why there was a challenge and a problem. Right. Was one word that you didn't even know you said. Right. And I think that that's, and I, that same thing happens to me. The same thing happens to me when I get on a coaching call with my guys, I'll just talk, right. I'm just venting and vomiting. Right. And I'm not even knowing <laughs> what I'm saying. And, and then all of a sudden they'll, they'll, they'll pull out one word that I used that was like, all right, you just reframe that and you change that around. Um, that's, that's sometimes all, all you need. So I, I think that I think that you are successful because of the amount of work that you you do that you haven't you know you've had a lot of success, but you haven't really you know taken that success and just settled. You're trying to grow and improve and get better, and you're always seeking out you know help. And you know the cool thing is you have all the guys in the CEO mastermind too, you know that that can help you as well. Right. So those are the five reasons why gym owners really struggle. So those are them. So if this sounds like you, you guys need to head on over to vincesfreebook.com and we'll send you a copy of our book. Just got to cover the shipping, but it's an awesome book that will help you dive into the other struggles that you might have. But these are the five main ones that we see. So for those of you right now who are, I have a shout out to make Vince, for those of you right now that are mowing the lawn and you know who you are. So if you're listening to this, uh, and you're mowing your lawn right now. I need you to stop the mower and head on over to vincesfreebook.com and pick up your copy. Is there the someone that mows their lawn or something? Yeah, yeah, Is yeah, that, yeah. You, Derek. Okay. Derek, so shout out to him. So he mows his lawn while he listens to us. So he uh, he messaged me and told me about that. So, And then, uh, guys, if you're listening to this and you like this, make sure you leave us a five-star review because that helps us to get more people listening to this and really helps people to understand that, hey, we know what we're talking about here. So... All right, guys. Well, that is today's episode and we will catch you on the next one. Peace.